Notre Dame a 35-20 winner over Virginia on Saturday in Notre Dame Stadium with Tim O'Malley from Irish Illustrated. I'm Tim Priester, also from Irish Illustrated. Pete Sampson from The Athletic will join us in Segment 2. Notre Dame beats Virginia 35-20. They need to rally down at halftime. Third quarter, Notre Dame's defense absolutely dominates the game and uh, scores the the outscores Virginia 21 to 3 in the second half to win 35 to 20. It wasn't easy. We didn't think it would be easy. It shouldn't have been easy. Bronco Mendenhall in Virginia is a good team, a problematic team, more problematic offensively than we probably realized going into it. But Notre Dame finds a way defensively to move to 3 and 1 on the season. Yeah, that was the second half. Um I'm writing about this today it was the best you could call <laughs> that the best half perhaps. We don't watch every game naturally of defense over a right team since the first half of one week ago against Georgia. That is what Notre Dame has done defensively. They were dominant in the first half against Georgia. Unbelievable. Heroic in the second half against Virginia. Um, some inefficiencies in between, but that's the way it's going to be. It's That's not a well, – that's – Yeah, the that's, one, they're playing good teams too. Yeah, so. in the, the first game really, um, the special teams have been good. I, I think there's a knee-jerk reaction like, oh, special teams still stink. They haven't – they had not been no, bad. They, they, they were good really against – Yeah, New Mexico and, and Georgia, they were good. We we gave them an A grade. Not that my grades are always accurate because I kind of blew the the running game grade yesterday and then had to – had to uh, repost a grade there. But anyway, um, no, they, they've been good. They were not good. Uh, I gave them a D. Should have been an F. Yes, when you, I, I didn't I mean, really should have been, been, yeah, I mean, should have <laughs> yeah, been, was... been an F when you factor in a false start on an extra point. Uh, you know, I mean, just some crazy things um, that should not be happening to a special teams in a big game like that. Hiccups. But the, hiccups. Hiccups, you could say, <laughs> um, which was offered to Brian Kelly. He had a better word for that, but... You know, this was a game, Tim, where Brian Kelly laid a lot on the line, talked about being a defining moment. I was asked on, asked on local television, af, television after the game whether it was a defining game for Notre Dame. I says it was for the defense, but, um, you know, not for the offense, which the running game was better. Um, you know, when you consider the opponent and yeah. who they were playing against, it, it was an improvement. Tony Jones ran hard. Sebel Flemister in, in brief appearances was very, very good. So that was positive, but Ian Book struggled. Or I should say the passing game struggled. And um, the uh, most of Notre Dame world is looking for a different quarterback, which well, is not going to be happening in no, Notre Dame. that's not happening. But I, I, I will take up for a little bit because, as we say, both halves count, right? Ian Book in the first half was pretty good. Now, he missed a Colquitt touchdown when he was scrambling. He clearly missed it. Um, you got to hit those. you got to see those as a, as a second-year quarterback of any type, especially a guy that was – viewed upon as being that good of a player coming into the season. His throws on third down to Cole Komet, with diving catch, but that's the only place it could be, to keep a drive alive that they scored on. Michael Young, perfect pass, otherwise they don't keep that drive alive or have a fourth and one. This is the same drive for a touchdown. Fink was open, he hit Fink, yeah. That was a really good drive, that counts too, that was Ian Book. Ian Book's other drive down the field, where Sebo Flemister scored, that counts too, where Sebo Flemister scores. Well, These feel, are good drives. I know, I feel like I, I feel like even now when he does something positive that it's just kind of dismissed. The Michael Young throw was what everybody fell in love with him for last year. Absolutely perfect on tight coverage, in a tight window, short throw. He's he's apparently not going to be a great downfield passer, okay? <laughs> it's just, it's the, also a beautiful throw to Cole Komet downfield. Then, weird read, then Doug, I think Doug Flutie pointed it out on the next snap, trying to hit Chase Claypool deep. 
that is a one high safety. What are you throwing that pass for? He, I, he I can't make that mistake. I don't know. I, I wrote about Taylor the Tape today, obviously, because you, you write about the quarterback every week, good or bad. But, you know, I, I phrase it in unclear mind. And I, the perfect example is the first snap of the game. He yeah. rolls out towards the sideline. And he just takes a five-yard loss when you can throw you can throw it anywhere in the stadium you want at that point. And he knows it because he was trying to on his grounding penalties later on in the game right. where he was playing poorly in the second half. Right. And, he, yeah. and okay, well, there's no you, yeah. you get a grounding penalty with 29 seconds to go in the what? first half. What? What are? No, I don't understand. I, mean, that. I, I yeah. don't. I, I don't understand the thought process that he's going through. Sometimes I don't. I'm surprised when you think back about. You know, the way he hit the ground running last year when he moved in the starting lineup, I don't understand it. His pocket presence is not good. I mean, it's just it's just not good. There are a couple instances when he chose to step up in the pocket that was the wrong time right, to do it. Right. He timed one poorly at the goal line when yeah. it seemed like he could have escaped. I mean, I don't want to, you know, we try to evaluate good and bad. And when he does something good, we I feel like we have to really point that out because there, there's a, a groundswell now that that, that all of that stuff is, is disregarded, and the only thing that's focused on are the bad things that he does, which of which he is doing, many, well, yeah, many yeah. things. There, there, that is true. But he look, Bryce Perkins was outstanding in the first half, and Bryce Perkins being nowhere near as good at playing the quarterback position in a big game as Ian Book is why Notre Dame won that game. Five turnovers, zero turnovers, staying in the pocket too long, and getting smashed. Fumbling the ball when you're getting smashed. Now, the last turnover probably doesn't matter. It's a diving pick by Kyle Hamilton. Right. But whatever. But when they're, look, you can't play that way. Ian Book did not have a good game. But Ian Book's first two drives where they scored touchdowns or two out of three drives have to count. They do count. I mean, it's it's part of it. People really don't want to give him any credit. And I get it because you wanted to see an All-American. I totally understand it. But he's, he's not an All-American. No, he's not an All-American. But he's man. way better right now than the backup. Yeah, he is. I get... <laughs> Like that's important I, to announce. No, it is. It is. I had I had somebody making fun of me yesterday because I said, you know, uh, in response to some of the grades, that feel free to place your grades. And he didn't. He didn't think I was genuine in in uh, in making that request. But it's because I mean, sometimes I do get frustrated because I think people just look at the grade and don't look for the explanation oh, with sure. it. Yeah. And the fact that Ian Book did not throw an interception in a game like that when the opposing quarterback was so turnover prone. That's significant. This was a this was a hard fought top twenty top twenty game, and I think I did him a disservice when I uh, reported what he said. What what Ian Book said last at the bowl game last year at the, before the Cotton Bowl that yeah I would like to have been evaluated because people got so mad at that. I understand it. If I had a great year, I'd want to be evaluated too. It's we, his life and his career. He's entitled to make that request. Yeah, I I just look. I am. If Ian Book doesn't play better, we just said this on this analysis, if he doesn't have a better October, November than September, they're not going to win the rest of their games. He needs to play better. He needs to play better against USC and at Michigan. Look, they probably played the two best defenses they'll face, right, unless Michigan's 2B, because Michigan can get rolling. And especially on the road, it'll probably be harder to play Michigan's D than at home against Virginia's. Fair to yeah. say it that yes. way? You know, is that oh, the fairest absolutely. way to say it? No, yeah. absolutely. Um, so he has played two of the three best defenses he'll face, but he's going to face some athletes in USC. He's going to face teams that are going to rise to the occasion against them. He's going to have to play better. That's I'm, we're not here to make excuses for Book, but you're right. You got to point out that the first half counts too. Um, two really nice touchdown drives on the strength of his throws. Really, the first one. Um, he's got to be better. And but just it's not time to look at the backup quarterback. I, that's 
Well, that's this, fake football. That's yeah. We and we have questions about that, and obviously we'll we'll uh, we'll get to that in in the second segment. But uh, moving on, injuries. Uh, Dalen Hayes, significant injury, uh, shoulder torn labrum, out for the season. He's played just four games. He can return for a fifth year. Brian Kelly said that that's a possibility. Um, left it at that. Sean Crawford. One of the ugliest uh, injuries that I've seen on film. You don't want to watch it if you haven't seen it. Um, but he's going to be back in three to four weeks. The, the time frame was three to four weeks. It's kind of hard to imagine that, although elbows tend to not be as serious as maybe some other injuries at times. That was an ugly injury. But, I mean, it's it's hard to imagine he'll be back in, in, in a month. But at least, we know, out, yeah, yeah, at yeah. least you know he will be back, which is... A little bit of justice for a guy that's I mean, he, gone through a whole bunch. He could be back for what is a five, <laughs> basically a five-game November because the Halloween weekend. That's that's a nice stretch run for him. Yeah, considering what what we were looking at when we saw him on the field. If you say he's going to make November, right? Great. You, you thought his college career was over at that point. Lawrence Keys. We wanted to bring him up because he didn't. He only he played briefly early. Um, apparently has has an injury, not major. But does have an injury? Are you aware that it's not major? Yeah, and one that was, ham- I guess, hampering him, and that's why he was not on the uh, depth chart that was released today to the media. Um, I was remiss, and I noticed that early. I probably because I do a depth chart story. Um, I didn't ask it because quite often there is an omission on depth charts. You're in a you're in a real trick bag there, man. And I mean, I've run into it a few times. I've asked Brian Kelly just looking at his depth chart that he probably has nothing, has nothing to, do to do with. with. And I asked him a question about a guy on it, and he looks at me like I have three heads because yeah. that guy doesn't belong there. But So I did not ask this time. I should have. <laughs> but well, either way, we found out. So Lawrence Keyes, uh, unlikely to play against Bowling Green. Keel, Part of it is Bowling Green. Uh, uh, yeah. Part of it is Bowling Green. Right? If he's been, I, if he's I, been fighting I mean, I would, it. Yeah, I would think that, yeah. that it's a good good opportunity to, per, to preserve it. and uh, So Joe Wilkins it. is on the depth chart. That is the guy that moved up to the it would position. Be, yeah, it's a good opportunity to yeah. see Joe Wilkins. He'll get an opportunity in this game. Whereas last week we were already talking about Virginia on Monday, and we were certainly talking about Georgia on Monday. We're not going to get into Bowling Green, number one, because I certainly have not yet looked at any film of Bowling Green. Um, neither do I. Uh, yeah. No, I, yeah. but I will. But I certainly will. By uh, will you look at more than I won't third string defensive ends? What do you think? <laughs> I'll try to fi- I'll try to see Bowling Green at their best if there has actually been a point. You can uh, find the Morgan State game or whatever right, on right. video somewhere. Exactly. But uh, they are struggling badly. They gave up sixty two points to Kent State. I guess they just go by Kent now. Um, fifty two to Kansas State. Yeah, and they're, and they're only averaging eighteen points per game. In fairness, their quarterback who is a pretty darn good quarterback, transferred to West Virginia, kind of out of the blue. That's going to be happening more and more in yeah. college football. So they're really hamstrung, and they're not very good. And Brian Van Gorder's their defensive coordinator, which in and of itself doesn't make them very good. Uh, but we'll talk, yeah, there right we'll, yeah. we'll talk more about that uh, on Thursday. But it was interesting, a couple things, that Brian Kelly said he has not spoken with Brian Van Gorder. And secondly, a question that Pete Sampson asked, um, with regard to why he chose to go with a maybe a defensive coordinator, Mike Elko, whose defense is, is easier or a different type of defensive coordinator. And Brian Kelly said that he wanted to have a coordinator that taught defensive football differently. Which we heard all about Which, Brian Van Gorder teaching defensive football in a way that's not easy for college players. Right, other, than other. Joe, other than Joe Schmidt, nobody yeah. knew what he was talking and about. Right, it's pretty much. <laughs> 
and he's a film mutant. He used to call Jalen Jalen yeah. Smith a mutant out there. Well, that was right. Joe Schmidt watching film. So, yeah, Brian Kelly. Uh, I'm not totally shocked. He hasn't talked to Brian Van Gorder. They were friends. He fired his friend in week four. Um, yeah, it was an I don't ugly, know. Ugly situation. I, you know, and, I, I would like to think that if I were in that situation, I had I'd have enough self awareness to recognize that it the defense was an absolute disaster, and that your friend, the head coach really had no choice in the matter because it's the University of Notre Dame. I mean, it's not Bowling yeah. Green and, you know, and I and I you know, I'm pretty sure Jack Swarbrick had something to do with oh, moving sure did, that moving that situation along because I was it was not going you, to work. I was told. We were all we remember we were both told different things. So you were definitely told that Swarbrick had a key role in that. And all I was told was he did not have to push hard. Of course, so, not. you know that's a, of course not. All right, so we're spending more time on Bowling Green. We're actually spending time that wasn't on, Bowling Green. That was bad that Notre was Dame football. Yeah, yeah, it was bad Notre Dame football. But they're uh, good now. A few years back, <laughs> they're good now. And and Clark Lee, I mean, what he is doing, and Virginia is not supposed to be an offense that's going to put up a lot of points. But be that as it may, the linebackers are playing well. The interior defensive line is improving. Got your guy, Jacob Lacey, started making plays. He made. I, it's in tail yeah. tape. Jacob Lacey made a play. I saw it behind the line of scrimmage. Uh, he was good. Uh, you know, my, Myron Tangavaloa Omosa is good, has become a good football player. Kurt Heinrich playing much better on the interior, and we know what the defensive ends did against it. Boy, that, that Reichensmeyer, Reichensmeyer for... Virginia, that poor kid. They had that was a that was a mercy replacement. He was getting destroyed. When Notre Dame's defense took control of this game after the onside kick, there were three possessions, as you've pointed out a couple times, in Notre Dame territory, and one right before it. But these these were the possessions where Notre Dame took total control of the game before they finally had a field goal drive. Four plays, ten yards, punt. Three plays, minus seven yards, force fumble, re- long return, sets up a touchdown. Three plays, zero yards, punt. Four plays, nine yards, punt. Three plays, two yards. Defensive touchdown. Three plays, three yards, punt. Three plays, one yard, interception. Six six possessions in the, in, in third, the third in the, quarter. Third and the fourth. Right, yeah, right, right. In the beginning of the yeah. fourth. And Notre Dame makes defense makes up for two just tragic special teams mistakes along the way. That's You can't play better defense than that against Bryce Perkins, who was ridiculously I mean, at that, hot. It's right, at, like, that, at that point you're thinking yeah. they're in big trouble because they hadn't the really. Right. They just, once you, everybody has a plan to get hit in the mouth, right? He started getting hit yeah. in the mouth. Uh, 105 yards total offense for Virginia in the second half. Just not, uh, and a lot of it on that one drive that, that only was a field goal, 62 right. yard drive, right? right. Just, just a field goal. And even and, and again that the field goal they had first and goal to 10, yeah, and they held them to a field goal. So they were, you know, better uh, better in the red zone. Uh, it you know it's just it was a it's incredible what Clark Lee is doing with the defense. We'll see if that can carry on. Um, I guess not so much this week, but next week when yeah, USC comes USC. to town. We'll be back. Segment two, burning up the boards. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Burning Up the Boards, brought to you by Rent Like a Champion, South Bend's largest vacation rental company with a 1,000 weekend home rentals close to Notre Dame Stadium, available for Fighting Irish Game Days. Irish Illustrated readers and listeners can get $100 off their booking with the promo code 
Irish 2019. As promised, Pete Sampson from The Athletic has joined Tim and myself. And we'll start with Indy Nation 06 with Dalen Hayes officially out for the season. What are the chances of redshirting him and convincing him to come back for a fifth year? I mean, it seems like for Notre Dame it's 100%, and then Dalen Hayes has to be part of it. And I'm, I don't know Dalen well enough to sort of psychoanalyze where he's at mentally, and he, he might not be in a position today to yeah. Yeah. to come out and say, like, yes, I definitely want to do this. I mean, he, he may just have to, like, get used to not playing for a little I, bit. Yeah, I mean, I kind of took Kelly's response yesterday during our Sunday teleconference as that, it was probably discussed with him, wouldn't you think? I mean, I wouldn't. Hi, what, what was it? He said highly probable. Highly is that, probable that's all he said was highly probable or highly possible? Highly possible. Highly possible. Um, yeah, I just think it's like the guy just had his senior season taken away from him from, with an injury that he's had many well, times before. True, he but he was standing it. on sideline laughing with the injury that he already knew was yeah. that had him out for the season. So. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Brian <laughs> Kelly's got a lot going on. Um, I don't know if the uh, 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 it's like. Our podcasts that talk about depth charts two years away, uh, Brian Kelly's probably like not, maybe he hasn't had the conversation with Hayes. It's Perhaps just like, not. could somebody talk to him? Okay, all right, great, yeah. I'll talk to him later. Yeah. Where, highly possible doesn't necessarily answer that. No, either. not to be mean about it, but where would Dalen Hayes go? Coming off another shoulder injury, playing a quarter of a year, and having to go to the NFL draft now, as opposed to, I want to go to the NFL, let me go start at Notre Dame for a year. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe right? maybe as a full time, yeah, yeah. as a starter. It's like, do, does he want to change a scenery? I, I doubt it. I doubt that um, too. Does he want to do something other than football? I think he probably wants to stick with football for a little bit longer. So yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. It's just it, like it, it's just hard to answer the question about. I guess the, well, the question is chances. The chances are high. Ninety seven percent. They would be very good as we sit here. Right. Forty eight hours since the injury occurred. At and uh, at Dan underscore Brian twenty one if. Dalen Hayes is out for the year. Do you sacrifice Jameer Jones's red shirt, or do you try to bring back both? That's right. an inter- it's an interesting notion. I just don't think that you can do that. Red shirt's got to go for Jameer Jones. <coughs> yeah, that's it. I mean, he's, he's halfway there. So, I mean, the the idea that you could not play him against Bowling Green, I'm sure, obviously, great. but yeah, uh, USC, Michigan, Stanford, bowl game, bowl game. No, Duke. He's, he's playing in all those games. Probably Duke at Duke. Yeah. For, I mean. Look, you don't. It's interesting this week because he doesn't have to play against Bowling Green, so you could continue thinking maybe we. I don't think they have that conversation anymore. I think they've gone to Jameer or going to and say you're our new number two at Shark. Look, I talked with Pete about this pre press conference. I thought you made a good point. He is actually the third string strong side defensive end behind Kareem and Ogan Deji. We had seen that all through camp, but in reality, he's the second string Shark end because that's what happened when he when Hayes got hurt. He came in. He played. And Adam Alola did not. Obia Gofo did a little. They obviously like Jameer Jones fifth best. Now it's fourth best, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I guess that you could make a decision. Do you switch Ogun Deji over to the Shark and leave Jameer Jones at, at, the, at the big end position? I don't know. I don't know that it necessarily matters one way or another, but you definitely get him on the field as the fourth defensive end. As of right now, Jameer Jones has just exited September very healthy and not played against two teams that they could easily beat without him. You just go now and let – he needs reps if he's going to play all the time, right? He's not a Cora. Yeah. I would play him and play him all the way through, and he missed two games this year, whatever. And, and right? speaking with him, uh, Pete, I know you did too after the game. You know, I think he – I mean, I think he's always been open to, hey, if you want me to play this year and you can play me, I'll play. If not, I'll come back next year. 
Again, we don't know. We're not inside his brain, but don't you think that guy wants to play right now after what he just did? <laughs> right? I mean, you're yeah. ten, well, ninth I, in the country right. and you're making plays. I mean, who? it's not like at the end of the year he's going to be like, man, I really missed out on Louisville and New Mexico. No, he'll like, never yeah. consider. <laughs> All they did was preserve him a little bit. Yeah. He feels better than other guys and do right now. Based on watching the game, he's in the first team dime package. So that's, that's probably that's, 15 reps well, right there. Although, conceivably, if he... If he preserved the year, he could come back as a projected starter, whereas he's not a projected starter. Yeah, now. that's the argument. But you're have a chance to make the playoffs still if you're Notre Dame. No, right? I agree. Right? That's yeah. what are you doing? And like, I mean, you I'm know, just saying, really there is But if it's like if Hayes and Ogandija comes back, then he's not a projected starter. True. Oh well, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I would just play. Yeah, I, I think I, I think that, that. Well, I think what you're saying, Tim, is uh, after a game like that, it's like, come on, let's go. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to play? You, are you? Teams good. Yeah, a lot on the line. Go. So we'll see. We'll know more. We probably won't know more. Well, maybe we'll. Yeah, if, if he plays if, against Bowling Green, out we there. Will. Yeah, I do think it's interesting. He was on the scout team. I think kudos to Jameer Jones for being on the scout team all week against a ranked team, showing up and making the play of the day. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yep. That's, yeah. that's really impressive. Yep. 100%. Wash ND. Isn't the book out on book? Just give Ian Book. There's a lot of books in this sentence. Just give Ian Book a hint of pressure and he will immediately bail on the pocket. Book has to make massive strides soon or you burn the boats and go with Dracovic. That was not a question. It was that a was statement. not a question. Don't tell me about Ian Book's experience. Book <laughs> is essentially Mitch Trubisky at this point <laughs> in that he is potentially wasting a championship level defense. A lot, a lot Those, to that. There is, well, the only question mark in there was isn't the book out on book? I, I think there is a lot to that. Um, as much as I sometimes I felt like when it was started to get asked late last season, I felt like sort of a cliched question. And he had a broken rib. So you thought yeah. that was part of it. Um, now, I, I, I think there's a lot to it. I mean, you watch the Virginia game and you see they sort of like, all right, what's 20 yards downfield? All 11 guys within 20 yards because he's not going to throw it beyond that. That's how, that's how he gets played now. And. That there's that's clearly a tendency type of situation. There are there are certainly plays to be had beyond twenty yards, but he his the fact that he is not a threat to push the ball vertically allows teams not to defend the field vertically. It's like a spread offense doesn't necessarily need to be only horizontal; it can be vertical as well. And Notre Dame's spread offense is horizontal sideline to sideline, but then it sort of stops at twenty yards. The notion that you're wasting a championship-level defense by staying with Book and not going to Jerkovic? Well, yeah, I mean, that's kind of crazy. I just can't. I mean, I just can't agree with that. We, well, the offensive corner doesn't agree with it either, right? Yeah, that might be. And, and the head coach. Nor does the head coach. And the head coach today said that he's not disappointed in Ian Book, which every which is well, exactly, I if I were the head coach, that. I would say the same thing. He also said that, uh, you know, Bowling Green is going to be lined up properly because they have Van Gorder teaching them, so. <laughs> This is the week where you choose greatness. So you can't. That's the quote. That's the much better quote. <laughs> so you can't. Yeah, you're saying you can't believe everything. Not every word the coach says, no, but he but said the right thing about both. I, I mean, I you know, uh, God bless you, Wash ND. You're a subscriber and you're an active participant. Yes. Oh no, it's just angry the book. Right, but, <laughs> I, okay. but I, I mean, I, none of us agree with the, the the point that you're wasting a championship level defense by sticking with the guy that that took you to a playoff. As opposed to the guy that has done nothing in your program. Let's yet. flip this a little bit. Malik Zaire, 2014. We wanted to see Malik Zaire when go, different situations. Golson was turning the ball over left and right. But you you started thinking at some point. I got a much better. You do uh, okay. Go ahead and use here. it. Go ahead and use the parallel. This, is, this would be much more closer to Tommy Reese and Andrew Hendricks. 
Like, why can't they just get Hendricks on oh, the field? Yeah, he's got a, a he's got a big arm. Reese can't throw it deep. What? Come on! And then you and Hendricks gets in the game. You're like, oh, so that's right. What? Yeah. Now, and here's here's the difference. Unless we have a question on this, and here's the difference between the situation last year with Wimbush and Book, and this year. I mean, with they clearly on the practice field, they felt Ian Book's ready to. He's ready to play. He's yeah. he can play better than Wimbush. Chip Long believed it. He pulled the trigger, and it proved to be correct. Um, as far as we know, there's there's no feeling on the practice field that Phil Jerkovic is ready to step in and hit the ground running the way Ian Book did last year. Correct. So therefore, there's no decision to be made. Here. No, there isn't a decision to be made. And there's a good question on our board. Is that I'll ask you guys? Does that bother you? That there's no decision to be made. Is that a bad sign? It's competitive. No, it's competitive athletics. That's where they are. That's where they are. You can't wish it to be true. That's where they are. I agree. I mean, it's it would be great if they had uh, Justin Fields and Jake Fromm, but they don't. So that who would you is, play? I'm just kidding. It would be great, <laughs> and it would be great if Phil Jerkovic was ready to push for it. Then you could entertain right. the possibility. He's I, not. Yes. I agree. More Ian Book, Irish guy, 82-82. Do you think Ian Book, preparing like he was going to the NFL after the season, has hurt his development? No. That doesn't make any sense. Because they throw the ball deep in the NFL. I mean, seriously, it's like you have to throw, you have to make every single throw to be an NFL quarterback. And I, I cannot explain why he doesn't just rip it to Cole Komet down the middle of the field on the first right. drive when he the, the safety is turned and running the other way. Um, That's why I say he's got. You weren't here the first time. I wrote it in tail. He has an unclear mind, and I don't understand why. Yeah, or like when Chase Claypool is crossing in front of you when it's third and yeah. six at your own, you're backed up in your own goal line. You could just you could two hand underhand toss it to him. Is that the play where he made the guy come, made Komet's guy come get him, and all he had to do was flip it to him like a backyard play too? Something like so that. There's yeah. there's there's so many of these, and yeah. as Tim pointed out, the first play you run out of bounds. Well, that's why there was a play. <laughs> what are you doing? Why what are you were, thinking? Just it was away. late in the game, um, and the, the camera shot did not show it, but it's it's they're in a two tight end set, and it's Claypool, and it's Young. And Virginia has nine guys basically at the line of scrimmage. So Claypool is single covered, and Young is single covered, and they don't throw it. I don't, it's, but um, these are things he saw last year. Yeah, that he is saw weird. those things yeah. last year. That's why he played. Did, confused. Did he, I mean, am I wrong? He saw those things last year. Yeah, he did because even when he didn't see him against Pitt in the first half, he lit them up in the second half by seeing everything. And it's like the throw that he did have to come at for the big game was a contested throw. So clearly, I mean, he's not unable to make a contested right. throw. He he can rip it, and I think that that's part of the frustration for Notre Dame is like you can do this. You know, it would be, it would be a that's where it's a, de- a major departure from Reese because there were just right. things he they, could not do. They made up that he could make every throw when he couldn't. Book, right. Book can push the ball vertically, and he's choosing not to, and I think Notre Dame is having a hard time figuring out why. Did you see the stat that Notre Dame put out? And, I mean, you can make stats work for you any way you want. However, in the last 12 games, his passer rating in the fourth quarter was the best in the country. Now, now not every quarterback returned from last of year. Course, so it's among yeah. the quarterbacks that returned from last year, but his fourth quarter passer rating was the best in the country and Blackman from Florida State was second. So who lost his job to Alex Horsbrook? <laughs> you just, right. you just so, flipped it. Right. <laughs> just flipped this. Yeah, that's yeah. a strange thing. So, I mean, I, you know, 
I, I don't know. We'll move on to the next question. Maybe we'll find out. J.C. Vinson, are you ready to admit quarterback regression under Brian Kelly? Book has had some good drives, but he is supposed to be great. No, because I, I don't think Book has regressed at all. I just don't, I don't think he has progressed. Like he's just sort of stuck. From the end of last year, you yeah. Because he was awfully awesome I, at the first two games I, he started. But, I don't know if he's yeah. not seeing if he's if I just said that he mm-hmm. saw things last year that he's not seeing now. That would be regression to me. But I think but I think what you're saying, Pete, though, is more true than anything that it's more of a he's kind of stuck where he was. Mine is I don't know what Brian Kelly has to do with this one as much as the other ones. <laughs> That's fair too. No, no, as much as some of the no, others, right? I mean, that's... it's very true. It, I, it's true. I, I, I don't know that there's a correlation. Now that Chip Long has been the offensive coordinator, it's that's like Brian Kelly had a lot to do with 16 for the quarterback situation he created between a guy that can't play yes. for any team in the country and a second round draft pick. <laughs> yeah, it's different. That's different, and that's and then the guy the second round draft pick did not prepare for the season properly, and he didn't handle any of it properly. But I just don't get the Kelly part here with Book. I, I I don't think Brian Kelly has anything to do with this. I'm not saying their quarterbacks didn't regress in the past. Obviously, they did, or they didn't progress. Tommy Reese didn't progress. Okay, well, so that leads us to the next question, which is from Stubber. And he asked, or she asked, would a more seasoned probably quarterback, he, probably, <laughs> would a more seasoned quarterback coach serve <laughs> Ian Book better next year if he comes back? And the young and the young quarterbacks in waiting as well, is is Tommy Reese the problem? I mean, who who gets credit for Ian Book being ready to go last year? <laughs> I don't know. That's 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 why it's why confusing. Would, I Here, here's what I would say: talking to people who who are really close to Ian Book, they swear by Tommy Reese. They think he is excellent and is one of the best things that ever happened to him. I don't. I've never been coached by Tom Reese, but I would concur that. He is probably an excellent quarterbacks coach. Why wouldn't he be? I, I, I agree with you. I can't imagine he's not. I mean, why wouldn't he be exactly right? I, I, I just He's I, going to be a coach forever. People are going to, I mean, he's going to be a coach. coach forever. He's This is his third third year at Notre Dame, right? Third year as, full, as full-time coach. One, he wasn't, he didn't have a full-time designation. Right, right but he, he was the coach, yeah. I, I just, I, it's even I think people are just looking for, I know. Okay, Thanks. so it's Ian Book's fault. Well, yeah. I mean, Ian Book should be better than he is right now in okay, September, right? Okay, then it's Ian Book's fault. We can all agree that Ian Book should have had a better September than he had. Yes. That's the fairest way to say it. That way we're not, like, totally sticking up for some... I mean, I'm just trying to... We were trying to throw out that he's done good things, too. I think he battled, right. like, I mean, that, crazy that's, against That's Jordan. why I'm, I feel like he hasn't regressed. He just hasn't progressed as much as you would You would. I want know, but you, you know where I'm coming from I when I say there's I some things there that I just, I don't understand why he hasn't progressed from those yes. or at least picked up That's where he tor- left off from those. Totally fair. I, I don't know. ND1012. Do you think Phil Dracovic contemplates transferring after the season, especially if Book says he's coming back? Uh, you would have to cross his mind. Three years is a long time to wait. I think that's just sort of that's not like oh kids today. That's just that's just human nature. Well, it's not today. It's every quarterback that's ever been in a controversy right. at Notre Dame is transferred. One right. of the two. They don't stay. You don't stay. You don't trans. You transfer out at Notre Dame. They, you either start or you transfer or you're no good. Right. All of them. Right. Literally all of them. <laughs> it's just so. Let's say uh, let's say book decides after the bowl game that he's staying. Notre Dame. Has Drew Pine coming in? This is after, COVID. so this is like January fifteenth after yeah. the confetti falls and everything. Right there, yeah. So uh, trying to throw that out there for people. Your COVID yes, plans so. to leave, and you've got Book in his last year with 
Brendan Clark and and uh, Pine, okay, and yeah. Buckner coming in the next year. I mean, I'm just ta- I'm just saying it out loud yeah. just so I can. Yeah, I, I hear. I, it. I, I, I think Notre would be fine with that. I think Notre would be fine with that too. But I don't. I mean, we sh- also are not in. We're just saying that what quarterbacks do is they either start or leave at Notre Dame. It has nothing to do with modern quarterbacks. Um, I yeah, would no, but, I would like to see Phil Dracovic stay. He would be a third-year developed quarterback at that point, you know, and if Ian Book gets hurt, he'd be a lot better to put in than Brendan Clark and Drew Pine probably in his third year. You would have to think so. I wouldn't think. If he's he not a lot better to put in, he would be asked to he transfer. Wouldn't, he wouldn't leave if Book left. Why no, would he, why no, would he God, leave no. if he, Book left? He should definitely stay. Yeah, that, that's not the question, though. If, well, no. He, no, if Book got hurt. I'm saying if book you want Dracovic to come back if you if you're Notre Dame and if he doesn't you would live. The question is does he contemplate transferring after this season especially if book decides to oh, stay. Right. Okay? Yeah. So if book leaves Phil Dracovic is the starting quarterback yeah. on the first day of spring. Right. Uh Golden by name after two straight solid performances against top defensive we're getting away from the quarterback here. God bless. I'm out. After two straight <laughs> solid performances against top defensive front sevens do you see this as a turning point? For the offensive line, do you see a shift back to a more balanced run-pass approach moving forward? Uh, I I think that the best-case scenario is more of a run-first approach than a balanced run-pass approach. I thought that what Cole Komet and Tommy Tremble showed in the run game was incredibly encouraging I, at the I, end of the game. I totally focused on that yeah. block that you also Holy did cow. on Tremble. That was um, beautiful. I mean, you want to talk about squaring up and bending your knees and oh, lighting a guy up. stone that guy yeah. and then started driving him backward. Um, I, it was interesting to sort of see their run game change a little bit. There was a lot more, like, locked-in runs and a lot less RPO-type stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had a lot of success with the locked-in runs. The, the RPO stuff hasn't has not been good all year. I looked up the statistics as one of those weird things that I track. Like they averaged, I think right at seven yards on an RPO concept that was given to the back um, two years ago. And last year was like maybe 6.2 or 6.5, somewhere in there. And this year they're down under four. Why why do you, why do you suppose that is? Well, I mean, Mustafa and bars aren't here. Nelson's not here. Josh Adams and Dexter Williams aren't here. I just don't. All those guys together, I agree. The, the, he's not the, here. the talent mixture for that concept was really good the first two years, and it's just not right now. So they got to find something else to do, and I think maybe they found something else to do on Saturday. I guess I wasn't looking at it from that perspective. I was looking at it from when you decide to to fake and keep. Why isn't the it's a run pass option? Why isn't the pass option being exploited? Yeah, I mean that's part of it. I think that. If you're going to do run-pass option stuff, you need to have the pass be almost a primary option um, opposed to the third choice. It almost needs to be more of the first choice. Yeah. Which, which well, Book, last year, yeah, because yeah, Book was so accurate on that to stuff. To Chip Long's credit, the, those shovel passes they, they do are still play-action concepts, but the play-action fake is carried out after the ball is already out, which is weird, um, but it, effective. So it... Um, yeah, I think if you're going to be an RPO team, it's the uh, the pass needs to be first. Okay, so Tim, you're saying that that was a pass that that book completed last year. Yeah, off the RPO. Yeah, yeah. I, okay, I, so I thought he was very good at that last year. I mean, so why? I, I I mean, I thought that's what he started at last year was his yeah. the, the quick game. The it was right. The quick game is still fine. I mean, it's it not, is, but it's not bad. I think when the RPO is mixed in, it just becomes more of a weapon. The quick game. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, I mean, I was going to say at the end of the day, at the start of the day, 
Chip Long does want to run the, run the football. He wants to have that at his fingertips. Now, the way Flemister played in, in brief flashes against a really good defense, that's really encouraging. And it makes me think, okay, when you have Armstrong back and you can trust Flemister, now you got a couple... Smith will be healthy. I'm just, he's working right. way back I mean, now, you, yeah, now you're working from a position of, of strength, but I guess one step at a time. But uh, it would be... It would be nice to see Sebo Flemister build upon what he did against Virginia. I was really shocked at well, having, I've said this a couple times now, having watched as much of Virginia as I did last week, how many missed tackles they had. Yeah. And, and, they, and, they, and then against Notre Dame, they had they I'm, had quite a few missed tackles. I'm a Sebo Flemister fan, but that was not the best tackling I've seen on his touchdown run. No. I mean, I, 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 but there, the guy, there's but, a lot of evidence of that. You know, maybe yeah. because you're so aggressive defensively that you. You know, you fly to the football, a lot of times you're not in a great tackling position, you know, to follow through with it. We have back-to-back about Crawford, so let's answer kind of how they're asked here. CMU Penns fan with Sean Crawford out. How do you see Notre Dame adapting its nickel and dime looks? Uh, Pete, why don't you answer that because that was a question you asked of Brian Kelly. Yeah, he said uh, for starters, when they go nickel, it'll probably be Jeremiah Usu-Koromoa, which they don't really play like true nickel. No, they've been playing dime. It's like (laughs) they go from base to dime, Um, so I don't. I don't know how that fits into the mix. If if that just means he may have taken it as the nickel back in the dime set instead of being Sean Crawford will be Jeremiah Wilson-Cormont. Oh, right. That's probably how he means that. I bet he did take it that way. Um, beyond that, you do you do got to find a fourth corner, though, and I'm not or a third corner, and I'm not exactly sure who that's going to be. Well, it can't be Dante Vaughn. It that's coming up here can't. from Irish Gambler. Okay. You want to just throw that out? Yeah. There? With Crawford out, do we assume Bracey gets the majority of the snaps? We can answer that right now. Yes. Who's next? Houston Griffith, Dante Vaughn, KJ Wallace. And he likes to point out, and I agree with him. Crawford was really good. I think Bracey's been really good. Yeah. Yeah. He's and been a positive surprise to me. Man, did he? That's a tough touchdown on man, him did yesterday. He... he was right there. Yeah. That touchdown just... on Saturday was a Joe, really nice. Joe throw. Reed and, and Hasis Dubois, oh, those yeah. guys were beasts. Yeah, they were playing, huh? Oh, my God. That it's so, I mean, Bracey got caught up with Dubois a few times and. And that guy was good. I don't. I wrote. I don't know if he's good, but he was really good against Notre Dame. I, I'm not going to watch him again the rest of the year, so I don't know. I saw a little bit of him in the game in, in the games leading up to it, but he was really. He's got size and Joe Reed. I, I love Joe Reed going into the game. I'm a lot less concerned about. I like the Owusu Koromo to nickel or to nickel back in the dime move. Um, I think he knows what he's doing. I do believe that KJ. Well, I know KJ Wallace came in for Crawford, so he is his backup in that role. Then he came off the field because there's a penalty. Wallace will now have all of this week and all of next week to prep to see if he is a guy you can put in instead of Usu Koromoa on obvious, obvious passing downs. Because I don't know about Dubois, but I know about three guys coming in two weeks that are good. And you need another corner, right? Yeah, and those guys that are coming in two weeks. You know, Matt Fink against Utah threw up a couple passes that, that were touchdowns, and it had nothing to do with Matt Fink. No. And, other than he's a quarterback and he threw it. And what Exactly right. That Especially Pittman was ridiculous. Oh, my God. Um, and what Crawford's injury does is it makes Matt Fink a viable human being yeah. against Notre Dame. I would, I mean, of the, I, you know, I, I would get K.J. Wallace. He was the guy that came in. He was the guy that, I, I mean, talking to Todd Light during the summer, he was the number two nickel that he mentioned behind Crawford. I would think that he is... The most equipped, yeah, 
Other than he's a true freshman. I think maybe they go to what Pete you're saying. They maybe they don't they haven't shown much nickel. Maybe they show some nickel now in third and six and dime is safe for third and nine, because KJ Wallace would have to be up in that position where Sean Crawford could kind of make tackles and plays against they the They definitely game. tried some new personnel sets against yeah. Virginia. Um yeah, it's the the Vaughn St. Brown Pittman combination against Notre Dame last year. Twenty nine catches, three hundred five yards, but just one touchdown. Um That was I, at the end too. It was a good one. <laughs> so yeah, it's you you have to have some versatility there. I I like the idea of starting with Jeremiah Usukormo and seeing what that gets you because yeah. he is incredibly twitchy and bouncy uh, and a sudden. Uh, I think Bracy will be fine. It's just you got to find a third corner unless you're going to ride Bracy for seventy two plays, which is a lot. Who is the third corner? Let's do, okay. Is it Crawford? Is it Wallace? I mean, I think it's going to be Wallace. I do too. I, I do too. I, I mean, well, the the image of Wallace talking. Crap to yeah. uh, Chase Claypool in August, like sticks really with sticks with me now. Me too. So it's like, huh, this guy will bite you. Um, he may be young and will get run over at times, but he has a, a, a certain attitude that I, I appeals to me. I thought it was interesting when I talked to Todd Light this summer when he he was aligning the corners for me, boundary field, and he had Wallace at boundary. I said, really? He's a little guy, and as we saw, he's tough. He's not very big, but he's physical and and. Uh, you know, you got you got to like a guy with that kind of yeah. that kind of bite to him. Bob four ND three. Any update on Kevin Austin's status? No. Yeah. He's as far as he's done for the year. Yeah, as far as everything that I can gather. Well, that's I don't I don't know that Bob four ND three is aware that we okay. have said that he. I don't know. I mean, I don't think he's probably aware that we've said he's out for the year. We will know for sure. Right, we would know for sure this weekend with Bowling Green because it's the fifth game, and if it was a four-game suspension, I think we, if we didn't already know for sure, we would know for sure this weekend. But we know for sure. We we do know for sure he's out for the season. Uh, Mikey B ninety five. Given the play of the defense so far and the potential of the offense with Jafar Armstrong coming back, is the overall ceiling for this year's team higher than last year's? In some ways, yes. Um, they have not been all healthy at the same time, really ever. So it's kind of hard to say, that, well, if, if this hypothetical thing that never happens happens, would it be better than what it was last year? Um, but the answer is yes. If that hypothetical thing that has never happened happens, uh, this this that would be the offense that in June I felt like was going to average 40 points a game. We just They haven't had the personnel to do it. And you saw the impact of that just last, I mean, certainly saw it at Georgia with Komet, but you saw it last week um, against Virginia with Michael Young because... What happens with when Chris Fink has a huge mental error? He gets benched, you put in Young, you go to two tight ends, you have no problems. Um, they just didn't really have the flexibility to do that kind of stuff before. Armstrong's crucial, so I'm not going to say it's that, that that would help the offense immensely if Jeff Armstrong came back in many ways. Um, you really don't want to suffer any. I mean, Dalen Hayes is a really important player. Sean Crawford's a really important player. Just because someone tells me Sean Crawford's going to be back from an elbow turn backwards in a month doesn't mean he is and be Sean Crawford again. Did you see that? Did yeah, I did. Yeah. I don't want to talk about I it. Don't I don't <laughs> Last year's team went to the playoffs, and they would have had a much better game against one of the best teams of all time if Julian Love played in the first quarter or yeah. the second quarter. <laughs> I, they were I, good last year. I, I understand yeah. the questions asking that, okay, maybe the offense can rise up, but for me... I don't know that I want to compare to last year, but I know that the ceiling that I had for this team is much higher now, based upon the linebacker play. Yeah. Did any yeah. of did I, I? I'm sorry, I didn't have the foresight to see the linebacker play being what it's been the last two weeks. It's been outstanding, and I know heading into the season, if you talk to people around Notre Dame, they're like, 
you know what, Clark Lee will get this figured out. He's that good of a teacher. I was like, okay. But I didn't think it would get figured out like and this. It, I and mean, then, I thought maybe in October it would right. start to look good. And then, I mean, MTA in Heinisch, the way they're playing. Oh, hey, you, you <laughs> miss, Heinisch is so it. much better. You missed this from the first segment, but I always say, Jacob Lacey, make a play. He made, he a, made play. a play. He made yeah. a couple plays. He Actually, made a couple I'm plays. looking right here. I see a couple right. marks. And, Adam, and Adamiola... Always makes a play, just about every game, does he not? Yes, yeah. So and he's battling an injury. He he's uh, he's fighting through. I don't know if it's shoulder or arm, but yeah. Jason Adamiola, right. he's he'll be better as he gets a bye week and everything too. Right. K. Beasley, rank the remaining opponents left. Am I crazy to place Duke as high as at Michigan? Yes, yes. you are. <laughs> but Duke is probably they jumped. Up, they than jumped. Stanford. They jumped yeah. up. Duke jumped up. Stanford's up. defense is. Just flat bad. They got destroyed defensively by Oregon State. Duke is now three, and they though. won, but they yeah, did they win. They did but, win. Yeah. Duke is now three, though. It's tricky. Uh, man, David, that is not going to be a USC's clean game. USC's harder than Duke. USC's harder than Duke. Yeah, it is, yes, but, yes. but Duke, that is not going to be a clean game. Oh, that I'm going, with you. That is going to be a difficult game. i totally with you. I feel like there might be more moments of angst for Duke than USC, but USC just has, I'm not, their talent. Is there and uh, without Sean Crawford, USC just got harder. Yes, that is ma- crucial to this matchup. And again, what I said about Matt Fink, you're throwing a football up there. Troy Pride, how, Troy Pride is not making a whole lot of plays. You throw it up to any one of those three receivers. So it's Michigan, USC, Duke, Gap. Yeah. BC on Senior Day it gets harder yeah, because you just play I mean, Navy. Is that count? Can I do it that way? Stanford's still a long, it's still long a road way game. Off, it's still, a long, and yeah, it is a road, road game. game where they haven't won in a while, but. Virginia Tech stinks. Just so bad. <laughs> I mean, they stink right now. And it's not going to get better because their longtime defensive coordinator is leaving. There's friction between him and Fuente. You know there is. Yeah. It's just a yeah. day. That was the trap game because it because after you beat Michigan or lose to Michigan, you are now either way up in the race as the number one team that has one loss and it's rolling if you go win at Michigan. Mm-hmm. Or you lose to Michigan, you feel like your season's over. So I always thought Virginia Tech was the killer trap game. They're not good enough to beat Notre Dame, I don't think, man. They just you would have to really not show up. Like that would be a really, really egregious loss. Last question from Statman seventy two. I don't want to disrespect Bowling Green, but how about the coaches deciding up front that subs will start intermingling with starters beginning in the second quarter, regardless of the score, so the backups get playing time with at least a little game pressure? This is this a suggestion? Or does he know something we don't know? No, I think <laughs> Statman is... Second quarter is the key. He says middle of the second quarter is not the second half. I mean, so it'll be second half, though. But Yeah, you, you rotate their defensive linemen come in within the first quarter. Yeah, uh, Franklin, and now this is going to be another game for Franklin and, I'm sorry, um, blanking, um, inside. Spears, what? Spears as well, later on in the game. but Oh, Cross. Cross, yes. Franklin and Cross, you're going to have... Now you probably get a chance to see a little bit more Bo Bauer in the first half, play some... Why not rotate him in for Drew oh, White? Uh, Jordan, Jen, Marquis. Right. Um, yeah, those I mean, guys will go in, yeah. You still have to see how the game's going. I mean, you can't yeah. just... <laughs> you can't <laughs> just... No, I mean, it's I don't, a good I, day to find your third corner. No, I, I'm leaning... <laughs> yes, I, I'm rotating leaning, corners. I'm leaning towards a 70 to nothing prediction. So, you know, I mean, I think it's... I'm kidding. Sort of. No, I'm just... Yeah. Don't, don't now, I, I, I'm not going to make... I'm, we're not gonna, I, I'm not going to make, a like, a Ball State mistake like last year. But I'm telling you... Ball State last year would kill this built bowling game. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly right. Don't make a New Mexico mistake, though. Yeah. Don't, uh, don't hold back. <laughs> don't, right. I should have picked in the yeah, 60s like right. you did. All right. We will, uh, 
We'll probably talk about a lot of these same topics and still just a little bit about Bowling Green on Thursday just because I have a plan for the that prediction. The man. You I'm do? ready for the Bowling Green prediction. Well, you've already given a prediction uh, a few weeks <laughs> earlier. 110 to, yeah. 113 to 10. I, I, think I, I, I defy you to stand by that. <laughs> All right, thanks for joining us, everybody. We'll be back on Thursday. It's time to start planning your trip to Notre Dame. Rent Like a Champion is South Bend's largest vacation rental company with over 1,000 weekend home rentals available close to Notre Dame Stadium. Head to rentlikeachampion.com slash illustrated to get $100 off your booking when you use the promo code IRISH2019. That's rentlikeachampion.com slash illustrated promo code IRISH2019.